the discovery of psychedelics is the discovery that all of this cultural machinery is just Wizard of Oz stuff. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. That's it. How did it feel to you? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. The prophecy. Welcome to the Astral Mind Podcast. What's up, guys? It's Kevin Marquez, and welcome to the Astral Mind Podcast. This is the fifth episode of the Astral Mind Podcast, and I've got my co-host, uh, Taylor Marquez, my wife. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and liking this podcast episode. I make podcasts at least once a week with a supplemental upload that you can find on my channel. And if you're a longtime subscriber and you enjoy the work that I'm doing and you want to support, consider going down to the link in the description below and becoming a Patreon. Thank you all. I love your faces. Let us begin. I mean, I feel like with this new thing, I don't know if uh, anybody else has been feeling this, but it seems like um, we're almost having a shift completely from what it was five years ago, you know, even throughout those five years, um, into something new and something better. Like the universe has decided to like cut off whatever it was that we thought was going to be the right thing and is moving us into something new. And that's so cool. I mean, it's frustrating. God, is it frustrating? Oh it is goodness. so uncomfortable. Yeah. It Like you, I mean, you have to grow and you have to like sit with yourself and really try to figure out why it is that you're so upset that you can't have this thing anymore. Um, but I mean, again, like the, the, the gift that we're getting in the end is actually what's meant for us. And, and that's what you have to keep your mind on. Yeah. So basically what we're saying, if you're going through a period right now where you feel like everything is being shaken, uh, your support is being taken out from under you and, uh, your plans are coming up short and, you know, the different things that you had put in place that was going to usher you into the new year is kind of twisting up. I feel like it's a the the reading is specifically for you in that the next year you have to be someone different with different goals and motives in order for things to succeed. Um, so change isn't a negative thing because you can't move into new places being the same old person. You have to bring new vibration into higher vibe areas. Uh, so it's a good thing. Uh, the stretching and the growing growth is never a friendly process, but its result is very pleasant. So just want you guys to know that and, totally on the same page we're going we're all going through the same thing don't yeah. don't fret right right don't take it so seriously if you start losing people too guys um mm. it's it's a part of life and like you know like Cal just said like if you get to a point where you're having to start growing and and uh, morphing into something else people aren't going to be able to come with you because they're going to stay the same um so you know just be thankful that you got to have a relationship with them anyway yeah, this was really something difficult for me to get simply because like, I had lots of friends. Like I started my spiritual journey and a lot of people can probably attest, but there's a period where when you start your spiritual walk, 
that you meet lots of new people and you have lots of community and everything is really like new and vibrant and it's just like a great experience. But over time, it seems like as you mature as a person, spiritually, mentally, people will start to whittle down. You'll start to lose these different uh, interactions and people and communities and you know, your circle will get smaller, but the, it's it's about the quality, not the quantity of people. But that was something I really struggled with a lot uh, in the beginning was that, like, you know, I've met all these amazing people and I do like care for them all. And I do want to be in their lives, but it's like I have to reserve myself and pick which people are actually a part of my human experience right now. And to actually know that where you are currently, you meet people for that current phase of your evolution. And you let those old people go so that you can make room for new people in the evolution. It's always the, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a confusing thing to think I'm losing people and I'm always going to be alone. But, you, you know, if the universe makes space, that means that it's going to fill that space with something else. Right, right. The universe is never going to leave you empty. Um, that doesn't make sense. You know, you're going to meet new people that are going to have to um, try to teach you to move in a different way. You got to meet people like that, and sometimes they're going to be friends or family members or um, significant others who get in the way of that. And it sucks. It hurts. It's it's awful, but you just got to roll with the punches. That's the best thing to do is just to be be determined to be happy. Mm. You know, <laughs> I think uh, I forgot to mention the new patreon for this month uh my sincerest apologies but we have a patreon and i do want to make a note of it because it is very important thank you so much for the donation josh p i could pronounce your last name but i I want to keep you technically private but i do know how much you gave i do appreciate the synchronicity in it as well so if you are watching this thank you so much for the support and uh Yes, if you would like to support the channel, again, the link is in the description. <laughs> and there are some special things, like I, I write special things that I'll put in there. And, you know, different scripts. And you guys have basically the first pick of what videos I make, if you have any cool topics. Uh, I, pull, I pull from that pool first before the other ones, just because, I mean, you guys are obviously paying for it. So, that I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> that, that that seems fair. But thank you so much, Josh P. I appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, I was I was going to say that it's so interesting that it'll be the people closest to you that give you such a hard time about the evolution that you'll be making or a dream that you'll have. And I've had uh, one person in particular that I, I can recall who is going through a situation like they're, you know, uh, moving into a new phase of their life and they're trying to go with their dream. They're trying to go with their gut and everyone around them is telling them, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. It's not lucrative. This, that. It's going to be difficult. But I get really passionate about it when it comes to conforming to normal society, because that's what you're doing. Cowardice in American society isn't running away from a battlefield in our society. It's conforming to what everyone else is doing. So I heard it put uh, Earl Nightingale, if you guys want to look him up, uh, really, really good dude. Uh, he came out with a video called, it's actually a track, but I believe it's made into a video. It's called The Strangest Secret. You can look that up. I think he also has a supplemental book called The 17 Biblical Principles to Success. 
even if you're not a Christian, you can get something valuable because it's like a manifestation sort of book, but you, you don't have to like, you know, confound yourself over when he mentioned scripture, which is not very often. It's about how he learned to make things work for him. Um, and he basically says in that, uh, the person who's successful is the one that is moving toward their goal. The way he puts it exactly, I believe, is uh, the person that is successful is the one that is uh, taking steps to actualize their goal. Like every day, they're they're realizing their worthy ideal. Um, so if you have something in mind, say you want to make music, uh, say you want to uh, make art or you like films or anything artistic, because people in our society like to say that if it's not STEM, you're not going to be successful in life. Uh, but if, if it's some artistic pursuit that you have, uh, the fact that you're pursuing it every day, that you're moving toward it, you're making some stride in the right direction, means that you're a successful person. Because if you look at the rest of society, if people are just going to work just to survive, and they're not moving toward a dream or an ambition that they have, if they're not trying to make the world a better place through their expression of creativity, they're not really moving anywhere. So statistics would show that probably about 95% of people aren't in the wealthy class of the world. Maybe more, depending on what you believe. But if 95% of people don't know why they're going to work and they're just doing it because everyone else does it and you know they just need to eat and that's really all they care for in their life, if you go down the same road that everyone else went down, and this is just common sense, if you do the same things you see everyone else do and nobody is happy that you're looking at, if no one is fulfilled, clearly you should stop doing that. But when people try to break out of that conformist mindset, they get ridiculed, they get chastised. And like that's the matrix. That's people being sucked back into the matrix to believe that, okay, like I have to do this exactly. I have to go to work this many years, retire, you know, have my family, and that's it. That's all. Like there's more to this human experience than fueling the capitalist machine and that was one of the biggest things we were talking about lately was the matrix uh we did recently see the matrix what were your thoughts on the matrix i don't remember asking you uh i mean i do i want to share with you guys because i've seen the matrix you know plenty of times i mean it came out when i was just a child so of course i mean that was one of the best like blockbuster movies at the time um so i've seen it many times but it never really like i don't know like connected with me like I never really saw the matrix as being something that could actually be real um so having my first experience like thinking that the matrix could be real we were actually sitting in the Culver's drive-thru in the car (laughs) and we have this thing whenever we go to Culver's that like right when I say it or if I say like I want to go to Culver's for dinner everyone shows up like everyone and it's like it's not even like a popular culvers like this isn't like a culvers like right off the highway type stuff Mm -hmm. like this is just a culvers that's like down the street in like a normal neighborhood setting and i'm telling you there'll be 10 cars in the in the line at like nine o'clock at night it doesn't even matter so Mm -hmm. you know cal and i have started playing a game where um instead of saying where we're gonna go we just say we're gonna go somewhere else so that way nobody shows up Mm -hmm. and it hit me we're giving the techniques away (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh right <laughs> right yeah the the matrix is gonna know now that's why you come um, to this channel though for the techniques right, right. the techniques um, so i'm sitting in the parking lot and we get to culver's there's only like two people in the line and we're like ha it worked mm. and so we're sitting in the line and all of a sudden 
three more people pull in behind us. And it's like, and then I think another person pulled in behind them. And it was like, I finally had a, an epiphany almost where I was like, these people in the cars in front of me and the cars behind me, they're not real. They are literally just the matrix trying to get a reaction out of me. Like, because I'm somebody, I, I don't have a lot of patience when I'm going out and doing stuff. So if I'm out getting food, like I want to get it as soon as possible. Um, so if I see that there's a bunch of people there, then it obviously it upsets me. And so it kind of made me realize that like the matrix is nothing but something trying to get a reaction out of you. So mm -hmm. your mom, your mom comes in your room and she's complaining about how dirty it is and how you've never done your homework and, you know, blah, blah, blah. When you're still in school, it's like in that moment, is she real? Like, or is she just trying to, to, to further the matrix agenda? You know what I mean? Mm. And that's the stuff that I'm thinking about now. And I'm like, are you real? Is my husband real? Like, well, I mean, I think I'm real, <laughs> but, but that's the case though. Like I'm not right. real though. That's, that's the right. thing. Like, and by when I say I'm not real, like everyone is just like, you know, like the eye roll sort of thing. But like, mm -hmm. honestly, think about it for a minute. What is I like, who is me? That's ego. Right. That's that's your idea of who you are based on. Well, let's be honest. How do you know who you are? Society tells you who you are. The people around you tell you who you are. And because of those two things, uh, you believe that you are this certain person. Let's say you're this mask. Let's just put it like that. And Everyone tells you, oh, you're like this, you're like that, or you should be like this. Society likes to say, you should be like this, you should look like this, you should talk, walk, act like this, do this. And so you think that you are those things in relation to other people, what have you. So that's the matrix. Like, it's this false idea that, like, who I am is contingent upon what other people see. And I have a, oh, there's a huge, oh my God. Sorry, there's a huge spider crawling oh, on the wall. No. I don't have arachnophobia, but I hope I killed him. Is it not? If he's on the ground crawling around now, that'd be terrible. Oh. Well, if you start to see me crawling on walls, <laughs> I clearly didn't get him. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... Um, if you want to look at the matrix like that, like it's trying to get you to conform. Now, like the universe has a plan. It has a motive. Like, you know, you're here to learn things. You're here to evolve um, and to help people, of course. But if you continually focus yourself on what other people perceive, and that's, this is what I was about to say. I have a video on the channel talking about, this is an older, older video, um, talking about the nature of reality. Um and it basically, it just talks about the simulation theory and how it's perfectly scientifically valid that our conscious minds only perceive a certain amount of information. Like, say you go into a new environment. I've heard before uh, in a class I was taking that you, you, uh, your subconscious mind can process about 41,000 bits of information. I don't know how they measure the bits of information, but, you know, whatever, when you're in a new environment. 
you know, you only process, whoa, there's a lot of people here, it's bright here, different things like that, but your subconscious mind is processing uh, temperature in a very complex way, balance, it's processing, you know, the density of certain objects you touch, whether or not people are looking at you, you know, the different uh, danger cues going on in the environment. So many pieces of information that you are totally not even aware of, that if you were aware of them, people would call that the sixth sense. They would call that like a psychic ability. And that video I'm basically talking about, like, this is the truth about psychics. Like, people are tapping into modes of information that they're, they're tapping into ways of acquiring information that go beyond the normal five senses simply because they're more connected to their subconscious mind. So it would be like if one day science was able to, and I, I think we're there, I think we can do that. Like we know that thoughts are things that are transmitted from the brain. They have electrical signals to them. That's something you can test with a, uh, the, with, excuse with an uh, MRI scan or something like that. It's something that you would, that you can test. You can put electrodes on the brain and you can figure out what parts of the brain light up when you think certain things or feel certain ways. So we know there's an electrical signal from the brain, of course, so let's say one day we're able to detect this with a machine externally, not having something physical on the person sending the thought. And we were, we were to say one day prove that, okay, thoughts can be transmitted through the air to someone else and you pick them up. I mean, if you think about it, we actually do that right now. I'm making sounds with my mouth and you're receiving those sounds in your eardrums that actually just come through as a wavelength that is then processed by your brain and you take those symbols and little clicks and clacks of my mouth and you form pictures in your head. That's telepathy. That's, you know, that's communication. We just call it something different. I'm basically saying that the sixth sense exists. We're just not tapping into those abilities. And my conclusion was that we don't tap into those more mysterious and mystical abilities because they're not essential for us to survive in this 3D reality. We don't need to be able to see through walls or perceive whether or not someone is looking at us from behind or other things like that in 3D reality because our lives aren't being threatened, of course. You know, it'd be different if we were living in an environment where they didn't need to. That was a huge bunch of psychobabble, but, you know, I just felt like I had to. <laughs> like I had to mention it, but like, that's sort of what I was thinking about. And it ties in with the simulation theory because there's so much that isn't real. There's so much that people walk around all day with the, with their, their masks on who they think they are in relation to who the world tells them they have to be. None of that is real. How you all perceive me does not exist. It's not real. The reason why I brung up the sixth sense and you know, that whole uh, the truth about us not perceiving reality. Like, none of us perceives reality the way it actually is. Like, our minds process the chaos of what actually is into a more distilled, palatable form of this conscious experience. None of us are seeing what reality actually looks like. That's scientific proof. Don't argue with me on this. Stop. Don't Don't even try. Don't start. <laughs> <laughs> this is scientific proof. This, it makes sense. Like, there's no way around that. None of us are perceiving 100% reality. And proof of that is we use machines to calculate reality because we can't experience it with our senses accurately. Because of that, if someone says that you are a certain way or you do a certain thing or you are a certain person, it all goes back to their ego, their perception of who you are. 
None of that is real because they're not perceiving who you actually are. Neither are you. You're making up what you believe because of what your friend said to you or what an, uh, an ex said to you or something like that. You make up what you believe based on other people all the time. And that, that speaks to the nature of the illusion. That speaks to the nature that all of this isn't real. And people ask, how do you not get offended by people? I see videos like this all the time on YouTube. Like, how do you... How do you just let things roll off your back? And what would you say is your method for having that happen? Like, how how do you get around that? I mean, I mean, it's difficult to say. Like, how do you not get angry at people? But like, you've been coming upon this awakening as well. That like we're living in this illusion. Like, I mean, this three D reality isn't real. So, like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, it's still it's it's hard. You know, because the people that you care about the most, they're the ones that are going to be trying to tear you down the most. Um, Little snide comments that they make, jokes, um, anything could set off your insecurities because your ego is insecure. Your ego wants to maintain this this image of itself, like Cal was saying. And when people, especially people that you care about, when they're when it feels like they're attacking your ego, that's when it's hard to really get past something. Um, I think the best thing to do is set boundaries. You know, you'll run into people that will not accept your boundaries. You thought that they cared about you so much. You thought that you cared about them so much that your friendship, your relationship was so tight. Um, And then you end up finding out that you ask for one small thing for them to stop doing and they can't because it messes up their perception of themselves. Um, So really at that point, the best thing to do is to have some self-respect. Uh, lay out your boundary when that person decides that they don't want to accept that boundary. I don't have anything else to say. I don't have, I don't want to speak to you anymore. You know, at that point, like, I'm not going to allow you to make me feel bad about myself every single day, just because you want to make a joke or just because you want to make a comment. Like you shouldn't have to deal with that. No one should have to deal with that, especially with people that you perceive as being like a, a really close person friendship, relationship, whatever. Um, that's family and friends and, and significant others. Like it, it does, it really seems like the people that are closest to you are the ones that are trying to tear you down. And it can be sometimes that they're insecure about the direction that their own lives are going uh, or the path that they took. So when they see that you're trying to better yourself or trying to be, you know, just a better person in general, maybe even not just yourself, but just to be a better person to people. Um, You'll see that they won't give you that back. And you'll see that they just, they think that they can do whatever they want to you because of how much you care about them. And it's the worst part. And I really, it's hard. Like, I don't really even know how to get past it. I don't know how to make yourself, you know, not feel that like stomach wrenching, like, heart dropping, like, I don't want to be away from this person sort of feeling. It's just something that you have to be able to choose, you know, and when you're in a position where being alone may not be possible, don't beat up yourself for not being able to stand up for yourself, because everybody has a period where they cannot stand up for themselves, everybody. And most of the time, some of that hurt from that other person's period where they couldn't stand up for themselves gets put over into that period where they're with you. And that could be the problem too. Like you, you have to be empathetic 
you have to have self-respect um and you just you have to understand that people come and go you're they're just you're not always going to get to have somebody in your life or the same person in your life throughout some people get to have 12 15 20 year long friendships and other people only get to have two roll with the punches that's all you can do do you do something particular when you feel like somebody has to be taken out of your life or somebody's not respecting you uh, one of the first things and the hardest things to do is not try to disprove them or make them wrong. That's the hardest thing to do because if it's a situation where you have to break away from someone, uh, and uh, again, guys, apologize if there's a, a lot of noise going on, uh, can't be helped. Uh, I'm sorry, but you get to a place where someone has to someone basically has to be removed from your life. Usually if that's the case, that person isn't, they're not going to leave very nicely. It, it never usually happens cleanly. Um, every experience I've had with leaving people or separating myself from a group or a movement of people, it's been cataclysmic. There are people at a church I used to attend when I started to really make my branch off into more of a Gnostic view, a more mystic sort of view. Uh, that was tough because there were some people that I really cared for. Uh, and we just were going totally different ways. Uh, my mentor recently, we're going totally different ways. And I it doesn't hurt my faith, my belief in God or, or the universe and how that works. But it hurts theirs, I've noticed. And the hardest part about separation, the first part, is not trying to discredit who they are. Okay, they disagree with me, they have to be wrong. Don't do that. It Don't look at it as right or wrong, and I'm actually going to make a video about this because I, I really feel passionately about this. Right and wrong do not exist. And now people are like, immediately, I can, I can feel that like it's a palpable energy <laughs> when I say that. But immediately people are like, well, there's definitely a right and wrong because there's things that I wouldn't do and things that, you know, yes, yes. There are things that should not be done. Murdering other people, it's not the best. It, it's not conducive for a healthy community. You know, like we're not going to survive if we kill everybody that we're not happy with. There's no way to learn that way. But right and wrong is a perspective of judgment that separates you from that thing you're judging. When you stop saying, okay, this was a good thing, this was a bad thing that happened, this is a good or bad person, and you just accept what happens, you accept who they are, you let them come and go without it affecting you. That, I feel like, would be the first and most powerful thing. There are terrible things that happen on this earth. Terrible things. But there are amazing things that happen. And if you close your heart off because of the negative things, then you close your heart off to the positive things. And so in order to take the good, the bad must be there as well. That's just the way this thing works. I don't make the rules. This is just what I'm experiencing. <laughs> don't get mad at me. This is just this is just what I've experienced of the world. Like you can't shut out half and expect the whole of a good thing. It's just not it's just not possible. Like that utopic mindset. Like this is my issue with some people's view on heaven. And I'm not saying anybody's wrong. You can believe whatever you want. But this idea of a utopia under a God who judges things so vindictively and and harshly doesn't seem like a utopia at all you know uh and i recently heard it it was a tiktok i forget the gentleman's name but he was asked like if when you got to heaven or you got to the gates of heaven like how would you respond to god and he'd be like and he said uh bone cancer and children like what's that about 
like wars and countless deaths, unnecessary deaths. Like, why didn't you stop that? Like, what, what was the whole point of this whole thing? And that really makes you think, like, why? And then you get that, you know, it's like a, a cute little thing that people would say, the atheists would say to the believing people, like, if God is all powerful and he does not stop horrible things from happening, then he's not just. But if he can't stop those things from happening, if he's not all powerful, then he's not God. So you can't have one without the other. And it makes you think, like, what is the real point to this whole thing? How do you how do you get by that? And it's been a very difficult thing for me to come against. But in those difficult talks, those difficult moments of revelation, that's when you grow the most because it's challenging your worldview. This is why I have the, the belief that when it comes time to learn something new or to embrace a new teaching, you have to open your mind to it. Everyone starts off closed-minded because your ego is attached to what you believe. And when you start to challenge that, your ego dies. That's ego death. You don't have to have a five-gram mushroom trip to have an ego death. Talk to someone who doesn't believe in what you believe, and your ego will start to die. I promise you. The instant someone comes up with a thought or a notion that's different than yours, you'll feel it in your chest. Like, no, no, this can't be right. I have to be right. Otherwise, I don't exist. Like, you know, it's just it's weird that we work this way, but... It's, it's just a difficult thing to get around. But at the end of the day, like I feel like your mindset about God, about reality, has to be malleable because we don't know. And I, I love Christians. I do. And I don't want this to be like a really harsh or negative talk, but I do. But... There are people, they're not just Christians, you know, it's all sorts of faiths that believe they are the only ones that are right. And they are willing to fight wars and fight and die over that belief. And it is baffling to me that some people are so locked up in themselves that they believe that their one way is totally correct and nothing else is possible. Nothing on this earth is 100% accurate. And if you want to say science is 100% accurate, we come out with newer and better ways of testing the same old things and furthering and increasing our certainty on everything. That's why you'll never see uh, a hand sanitizer that's 100% effective. It just does not happen in this frame of reality. Nothing is 100%. So always try and i at least do is to go with an open mind with everything because if you go into something thinking you always know absolutely everything you pre- you prevent yourself from learning anything you never grow um so i love christian people but that tends to be the mindset you know yeah and i don't want to get it wrong like we're not mad at god uh we're not mad at christians oh i am i hate him forget <laughs> Okay, well, I'm not. I'm not mad at God. Jokes, uh, jokes, jokes. But I feel like everybody does get to this point where they're like, and it, it happens multiple times, you know. Throughout my family, my family is very um, Baptist. Uh, so my grandma took us to church every Sunday. I remember sleeping over at church before. Um, and then my mom, she was in uh, Job's Daughters. I don't know if anybody knows about that. Um, but my family is very set in a Christian sort of belief. So as I got older and I started to realize that the Bible was very sexist, it was very homophobic, it was very um, racist in a way, um, I was like, I just don't understand these things. 
everybody is created equal. Like, I don't understand why a woman has to be less than a man or why, you know, like it has to be mankind instead of like, I mean, there's two genders, you know, like I just, that stuff bothered me when I was like 16, 15, 16, 17. And I can remember talking to my great uncle who um, like sang at church and was very involved. And he, tr- he gave me a book that was kind of talking about all the women in the Bible that were very um, necessary for, you know, everything to turn out the way that it did. Um, and I mean, I understood his point, but it never really made me feel better because I mean, Paul still said what he said to, was it the Corinthians? Was it, was it them? The Corinthian church? Uh, it, it was one of them. The epistles are all just letters yeah. to the different churches. Um, but basically, you know, just saying that uh, women shouldn't speak in church and women need to cover themselves up and they shouldn't wear jewelry to church and, you know, just all this stuff. It's like, it is very sexist. And it, it's, I, I couldn't look past it. And I don't think a lot of people can look past it. It comes with the same thing of, you know, bone cancer in children. I just don't understand what lesson there is to be learned from that, you know? And so all of us get to this point. I think even Christians get to a point where they're like, how could a perfect God make such an unperfect, you know, or an imperfect world or an imperfect society of people, you know? Um, So I, I don't know, not, you know, we're not mad at God. We believe every, everything, every religion is right. Every religion has some level of um, fact to it. Um, so, you know, we can, can't be angry at anybody for believing what they believe. This is just what we believe. Yeah, this idea that there's only one way to the top of the mountain is really weird to me. Um, yeah. It just, it's ego. It's all ego. It's all like a hundred percent ego. I, I don't, I don't know how people, such smart and educated people, will have a worldview that prevents anyone else's belief to be valid. I don't understand that. And I've met people who've had amazing experiences and encounters with God who weren't Christian. And it didn't cause them to become Christian. It was just, they just had an encounter with God and they ran with that. And it led them somewhere else. It's like, it's all a strategy. It's all a plan. Especially with with Christianity, I've noticed that, like, it's it's about getting your convert. It's about filling the church. So bigger congregation means bigger bills, you know, for the church, more money. Mm. And not every church, not every church. I can't say that. I mean, that would be a, a gross overstatement. But like a majority, when you look, that's the blanket over things. Um, but on a lighter note, the fights were, I think, this past Saturday. Um, but yeah, Jake Paul and and uh, Mike Tyson. I. I wish that we could have seen it. Jake Paul, he did not fight Mike Tyson, but they both fought that day. I know. <laughs> I just wanted to give you a hard time. I knew you were uh, going to do that to me. But Jake Paul thought, thought he fought, uh, what was that guy's name? Nate Robinson? And I, I heard it was like a round two like knockout. Like, oh boy, Nate. Right. I mean, like, you, you can play ball, you can jump high, but you don't have the reach, man, to... <laughs> to fight in in this sort of uh competitive realm and of course the interesting thing was that uh Tyson and uh Roy Jones Jr's fight was a draw like people paid money oh yeah and then people lost because it was a draw like you know how upsetting that would be it's like oh i bet on Tyson to win it's like, oh it was a draw so you lost anyway like ah that's that's terrible you know uh, that's 
not fun. Dude. Hate that. Nah. Like it feels bad. It tastes bad. Yeah. Yeah. The gambling mindset. Yeah, it's, it's risky. You know, some people make it look cool. Like you get those movies. Like um, what's that? Sh- it was a movie called. Um, there's movies like Twenty One, and what was the recent one? It was like a magic movie. They had these, uh, but they were they were like thieves, but magician thieves. I think uh, Eisenberg was in it. And uh, oh, now you see me is what it was. Oh, You're okay, no help okay. at all. Come on. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I thought that's I thought that's what you were getting at, but I was like, "What did you say? Magic thieves? Is that what you said?" The, yeah, they were like magical thieves, if that makes sense. I guess. Yeah, because they stole stuff and they used magic, but not real magic. It was like illusions. Yeah, but I I thought about it because of course I was recently watching, I watched Batman versus Superman recently. Mm-hmm. It is a terrible movie. But I watched it because I was bored, and I, I was in the mood for some Batman. Ben Affleck is not my favorite Batman. He did the, he did his best, I guess, but I don't know. He's he's not my favorite Batman. But uh, I, I saw Jesse Eisenberg in there, and it just now reminded me of like that gambling sort of mindset. But like taking the gambling into your own hands. Like, using illusions and tricks. I heard Chris Angel was really good. And if he wanted to, like, way back, Chris Angel, why am I bringing up (laughs) Chris Angel? But, like, I heard that he was so good with the cards that he would trick them every single time to where he was stealing money from them, basically. And he was doing it with a camera on him. And they were like, we still can't see how he's doing it. With cameras in the casino watching him do it. And so, like, it's definitely something to it. Uh... If there was something to learn, it'd be magic for the purpose of of stealing money. <laughs> <laughs> robbing banks. Yeah, robbing banks with magic. I honestly I just want to say I know we we went on to something more um low key, not not as serious. But mm-hmm. I do wanna say that I'm really happy that we had this conversation just because not only are we at the end of a year, but we're in a waning moon cycle after just having a full moon. That was, I think, a Gemini, and it was all about getting rid of things. You've got a tarot card reading here that's all about getting rid of things. I'm noticing it in my life that I've got to get rid of stuff. You're getting rid of things. Like, I think right now is just a purge. Everybody just has to purge away the things that don't make you happy. Yeah, I I really just love this conversation of, you know, getting stuff out of your life. And, and uh, it's almost like weeding out everything, just You've got this garden in your mind, you've got this garden in your soul, and you've got to go in and you've got to get all those weeds out now. Um, Because 2020 is almost over, 2021 is almost here. Let's hope and pray that this is going to be a good year for everybody. um, Because goodness gracious, we deserve it. I don't know if you guys saw February for 2021, but it is lined up. Like, I think the entire four weeks is like, you know, Sunday straight to Saturday, like, you know, it, it looks great. It's super symmetrical. And I think that we need some symmetry and we need some satisfaction going on in, in 2021. So February might be a really good freaking year or month. Something that I've been noticing, especially with this whole thing with the matrix and coming out of the simulation, like when I realized that I could be in the matrix sitting in that Culver's drive through um, I finally was able to take my consciousness out of my ego and into my, my soul which, or my spirit. Um, I'm just going to call it like a higher consciousness. So like HC is kind of what I've been nicknaming it on my own. 
Um, so I was finally able to get into that mindset. And now I've been practicing it, just switching in and out because something I've noticed is that the HC can also be your higher self. Like you get answers from your HC that your ego is just not able to think of. Um, so uh, manifesting when, when that's, you know, when, when you're able to get into that HC spot, what I've noticed is you have to be in the right mindset. And I hate when people say that because they say that you need to be happy. Like when you have those joy, happy feelings that that's when, you know, you're going to be able to manifest exactly what you want. But I don't know about you guys, but it's hard for me to get into that. It's hard for me to sit here and like move into a happy place and really start to feel joy and then think about on top of that, what it is that I want and try to set my intention into the universe for that thing. Most of my manifestation usually goes toward trying to be or feel how I would feel in that new situation. Like it requires changing yourself, but I feel like people always, they say to change yourself, but they don't talk about how. And you are, if we go back to what I was saying earlier about your ego not actually being you, what are you actually? Uh, you're an awareness, which means that you can move yourself from past, present, and future simultaneously, instantly, because you're just an awareness. If you were apart from the ego, you would be the one. You'd be back to your, your godly nature because you're not being filtered through anything. So if you're trying to create, you're trying to co-create or manifest, you're doing that by basically removing your awareness from your present situation and the emotions that are tying you down to that emo to that certain uh, situation and you're moving your awareness into a a place that you're creating so if i wanted to say live in a bigger house i would move my awareness i would move my intention to being in that body of me in that bigger house and i would feel the emotions that come with that like the mind is a very powerful thing you can create all of those uh, so I, I usually go with that i usually do something like that I like that. Um, I, I definitely notice that like when people don't describe how it is that you take yourself out of the situation that you're in and get yourself out of the emotions, um, that is so frustrating when you're just starting out because it's like, I want these things to become reality, but I don't exactly understand what you're saying. And so trying to find somebody to really explain it is like a headache. Um, so I would say what's worked for me is realizing that the matrix is really what's um, starting all these negative things that are happening. So if you've noticed, it's much easier to manifest bad things than it is to manifest good things. Right. Uh, I believe that that, become, that, that comes from uh, your reaction to what the matrix throws at you. Uh, the matrix wants you to feel weak. The, way, the matrix wants you to feel insignificant. It, it wants you to feel like you can't break out of it. So it's going to send you things to make you feel that way. And so if you can just keep a mental note to not react to things like that, I think you'll see that uh, your manifesting work is so much easier and things just kind of come up out of nowhere because maybe the, maybe the matrix is looking for a reaction or just like a feeling in general. If mm. you feel happy about something, then the matrix is like, okay, well, I'll give that to you. That could be like a simulation theory type of, type of thing. That's exactly what I was. You reminded me of my idea about that is that the, the way this illusion works, the way the simulation actually works is we have to create 
what happens next. There's that episode of Rick and Morty where they're in the simulation with the, you know, these aliens are trying to get the recipe to concentrated dark matter. And they're, Rick is, he's describing the process to Morty. And he's like, you know, I, you know, it's like a conveyor belt. It, it renders in front of us and de-renders behind us, you know? Uh, and that's sort of what this simulation feels like. It feels like nothing gets created until you respond one way or the other to mm-hmm. something that comes at you. And right. like, so the simulation itself is trying to figure out what to hand you next because you are creating your reality. It's just, it's just giving you hints about how to create it. So this is why the Buddhists say, don't react to a situation. You know, uh, it, it comes down to aversion and attraction. Like, don't let either one of them sway you. Create what you want to create. Like, it comes to being addicted to something or, like, vehemently hating something and trying to get away from it. Like, you will create the thing that you're trying to get away from. Like, we live in such a paradoxical simulation that the things that you want the most, you don't get them until you stop wanting them or stop feeling you need them. And then you get them. Just like love. People are like, oh, when you stop looking for it, you'll find it. Why? That's just how the this simulation works. That's how the matrix yeah. works. Um, and I was recently looking up the Ascended Masters, and I was, I was there's a pretty cool channel. If you guys don't know it, uh, the channel is uh, Open Your Reality. I think it's actually a really cool channel. I like his like documentary sort of uh, like videos that he uploads. But he was talking about the Ascended Masters and this possibility that this is just a level of a simulation, and you could look at the simulation as like Inception. Like you're in different layers of the simulation. And when you get out of this three dimensional layer and you ascend, say, become an ascended master, then you start to move into a different realm of the simulation or a different realm of reality where you're just with ascended masters. It's like going from kindergarten to preschool. You know, it's like you're you're moving away from the violent, you know, dumb three dimensional reality to a more peaceful Oh, we all understand what's going on here. Sort of reality. It's, it's a maturity switch that I think goes on there. But it's like yeah. we we live in it, man. It's a we live in the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like to look at it as like The Sims. Um, hmm. My ego is my sim, or maybe I am a sim personally, and then my higher consciousness is what's controlling it. So my higher consciousness is just playing a video game, and my higher consciousness is trying to figure out. Um, What is it that I can give this ego to make it happy Um, while the simulation itself is just throwing stuff at me, you know, a bunch of different stuff. And and I'm trying to let my higher conscious or my ego is trying to let my higher consciousness know that um, I like this thing. I don't like this thing. And so I feel like when you do, you know, make a bigger reaction to the things that you don't like compared to the things that you do like um it just it it makes your your higher consciousness almost think like okay well i mean you feel more more vehemently about this thing than you do about this thing so i'm just going to keep giving you this thing because that's what is like making you alive at this point like you're functioning because of this thing that's where all the energy is going right you got to switch it like get that stuff over to that thing so that your higher consciousness is like okay we'll do that then yeah yeah, it is like The Sims. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. good. I feel like uh, manifesting, honestly. Like, yeah, everything is, is manifesting, it seems like. Especially if you're in a video game. You're trying to create the next thing. 
uh, I feel like we're we're kind of running out of our time here, um, so we'll save we'll save more topics <laughs> for next time. But uh, if you guys are are new to the podcast, I'll be doing a podcast every week uh, with Taylor as my co-host, and we'll be talking about a, a number of different topics from here to there, you know, all sorts of different things that come across as different methods I'm practicing, different world events, and, you know, what we think about them. And just if you care about listening to us ramble on about things, you're going to love more of this. (laughs) There are four other episodes of the podcast as well. Um, And if you would like to have your name mentioned on the podcast, uh, if you'd like to support the work that we're doing, please consider clicking the link in the description of this video and becoming a Patreon. And... That is, oh, wait, no, it isn't. You can go to my website as well, camwalkes.com, if you want one-on-one coaching from me um, to help you with uh, life situation, awakening, psychic abilities, this or that. Uh, You can find that information there. And going to be making some really cool videos soon. I want to make some short films, but I have to meet with certain people to make it work. But it's possible. So I hope you... Oh, yeah. Soon. It's coming up soon. It's coming up soon. I hope you guys enjoy the video. I'm going to be coming up with like an update video soon. Maybe in the next week or so. I'll have like a specific update video where I let you guys know what's been going on. Where we are. What we're going to be doing in the future. And so on and so forth. But I hope this uh, talk was at least entertaining. At least somewhat less boring than average. Yeah. (laughs) And, um... I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for the support on the channel. And as always, never stop adventuring.